Adrian Brody and his brothers learn to leave their luggage behind. This is spoilers. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> is that more to the itinerary, Josh? This is spoilers. Okay, before we begin this podcast, Brother Jordan, let's make an agreement. A, I want us all to become spoiler brothers again like we used to be and find ourselves and bond with each other. Can we agree with that? Yeah, I can agree with that. Yeah. Okay, I guess. B, I want us to make this review a spiritual journey where each of us seeks the unknown and none of us sidewatch television shows while recording. Can we agree to that? I have the movie on, but okay. <laughs> I can agree to that. I'm cool There's with no that. sports on tonight, so it's okay. C, I want us to introduce ourselves from west to east. Can we agree to that? Pappy, that's you. Yeah. Uh, what do I say? This, this is Pappy? No, I, th- I, was th- I was thinking we could give either our least or favorite performance from the movie. Oh, okay. Uh, well, this is Pappy, uh, recording from Denver, Colorado. And that's tough. I'm going to go favorite performance, actually, to Adrian Brody. Uh, I noticed on this rewatch how much of a central character he is to the movie, so I really liked him. Who is next? I think that's Stevie. Is that I? Yeah. All right. This is Stevie recording from Elkhart, and favorite performance? I'll go with Owen Wilson on that one. He cracked me up this entire movie. (laughs) Thanks, and Brett? Uh, it's Brett from Fort Wayne. Um, this time around, I think my favorite performance was uh, Jason Schwartzman. I thought you were going to say Jake Gyllenhaal for a second. I was like, he's in this? I wish. <laughs> yeah, I wish too. <laughs> I'm going to say my favorite performance is Bill Murray, just so I don't break the tie among the brothers. And speaking Ooh. of brothers, last but not least, my brother Jordan. You live so far away from me in North Carolina, but who is your favorite brother from this? So interested in your answer for this. Um, I think I like Adrian Brody the most. Mm-hmm. I I think he's really good in this. Yeah. Eight, if you didn't catch that, Jordan is the middle brother. I am a tri- in a trio of brothers. Uh, Jared's been on the pod like once before. He helped with trivia too. He did stats. Yeah. Yeah. Think, Stat boy. I think he was on the real high quality face off episode. Oh yeah, classic. Mm. Recorded in my basement, but um, rest in peace, Money Mike. <laughs> He'll be back <laughs> next up. Money Mike will be back next up. He had to work tonight, but uh, let's get started. I, I did, I did break this up into three acts, but we have a prelude first. Pappy, since you're the Westest, I guess we'll start with you again. But what happens here before we even see any of the main characters, who are the brothers? We're not talking about the short film, right? Just the movie itself. Yeah, I'm talking about just straight Darjeeling. That's it. Limited. All right. Well, I love this opening scene. It's like a big swoop down shot of a taxi. And uh, you see Bill Murray, who for some reason is in, in this movie. I still quite haven't figured that out, like why <laughs> why he's in the movie. But it's awesome. And he's late for his train. He stiffs his cab driver. He's running. And uh, the kinks this time tomorrow comes on. And he's passed by Adrian Brody. And then the way 
the big giant Adrian Brody runs. It cracks me up. It must have looked like you when you ran cross country, Josh. Just like so awkward and big and like way too big to be running like that. But he passes Bill Murray and jumps on the train. And like it, it kind of sets him up, I guess, as kind of an asshole because he like smiles at Bill Murray who's left in the dust. But it's just, I, I don't know if it serves a thematic purpose, but it's pretty cool. I love it. I really like the part where Adrian Brody is passing him, and it's almost like a Looney Tunes, like, while he's even with him, he, like, kind of looks over and blinks, and then continues <laughs> running at, like, warp speed yeah. past Bill Murray. <laughs> Brett, did you have any other notes on that prelude before we get into the story? No, I like I like that. I like that Bill Murray was in it. He must have been busy or something, or there was no role for him, but he obviously loves Wes Anderson, so he got in the movie. Well, maybe we'll get into deeper Bill Murray theories later, which I might have one or two. But let's get into Act 1. I think this starts, uh, obviously, like right when Adrian Brody kind of takes the baton here from Bill Murray. Um, He does make it to the train with all this baggage. Uh, Stevie, did you like the introduction to the train? Not only him running in slow motion to the Keeks, but also him walking through from back to front i did like how it cut from section to section of the train i thought that was cool like going from obviously the poorest part of the train to the wealthiest part of the train they definitely classed that out but um he sees assistant in the poorest part of the train too (laughs) yeah i sent you guys that screenshot brendan actually makes a quick appearance here in the way back (laughs) (laughs) the slumdog millionaire part of the train (laughs) (laughs) yeah um i just like the way it was edited from like section to section eventually like how he arrives um to see jack passed out uh yeah i I really like that part Uh, jordan as brothers uh he gets to the brothers cart what did you think of this reunion it's really downplayed but were there any parts as adrian brody gets to the cart that says I think Francis, Peter, and Jack Whitman. What was your take? Um, I mean, at least he's nice and like doesn't scare the shit out of him or something like that. It is pretty understated, though, for them not, not having seen each other in a year. He just kind of like sits down, hangs out for a second, and is like, hey, says his name. Much nicer than I've been woken up by you many times. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... It's tough to take a nap as a little as a little brother to Josh Long because anytime you're sleeping, there's a very uh, very present danger of being woken up with some weird food in your mouth or uh, with like a a glass of water dangling over your head or some random shit like that. Yeah, I know a little bit about that. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure you do, Brett. You lived with him for a while. I yeah. don't think Jordan's made it to the part of his own movie where he lets go of the baggage and hops on the train. <laughs> he still so still many suitcases. Yeah. So much luggage. Uh, one of my favorite details here is with Jason Schwartzman, and I think, Brett, you said he was your favorite performance, but he asked Adrian Brody if he's seen Owen Wilson yet. Uh, did you pick anything up there? I mean, I guess he's foreshadowing that he's all jacked up. I mean, I, I don't know if you pick that up the first time you watch it, but... I just love the small details in Wes Anderson's film, and, like, the one I noticed here, I guess I set you up for failure here, Brett, but it was, like, when Owen Wilson did come in 
and Adrian Brody was like taking in like, oh my gosh, this is my brother all messed up. Jason Schwartzman was not even looking at Owen Wilson. He's just like taking o- Adrian Brody's reaction in. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, nice. Hmm. That's mean, how cool. D- how, how, how deep are we going to dig here? Because he's also wearing those glasses, right? I think he has those glasses on as he's running to the train, which is just crazy. Yeah, he does. <laughs> <laughs> what are the glasses you're talking about, Jordan? Uh, the green glasses that we come to find out are uh, their father's glasses that uh, Francis is not very happy that Peter took those. Yeah, so are they actually green, green Jordan, or did green you see prescriptive them? Prescriptive sunglasses. <laughs> False flag. Greenish, greenish. I would say. <laughs> so yeah, this first act one, you kind of it's you get all the exposition you really need for the rest of the movie. So. One of Adrian Brody's things you find out is that he's been wearing a lot of his dad's thing or using a lot of his like small um, objects, mm-hmm. like his keys. Uh, he also comes out with that, um, I guess he's having a baby and he doesn't want to have a baby because he always thought he'd be divorced, but he does love his wife. So it's <laughs> convoluted. Um, what do we find out about uh, Jason Swartzman here? Pappy, and if you do want to go into the short La Chavala Hotel, Hotel Chevalier, yeah. Well, who all who all has seen the short on this pod? Me, me, long ago, a couple times, right. long ago. Yeah, no. I I watched it right before this just to rewatch it, and it's like weird. It's like half in French, half in German, starring Natalie Portman and Jason Schwartzman, and basically there he's at in a hotel, and like he is a like kind of like she booty calls him, and they're about to hook up. And then they don't, and then they stare out at Paris. It's like twelve minutes long. It's pretty short. It's kind of funny, but uh, we find out that like he's trying to get over this ex girlfriend of his, and she's like even left perfume in a suitcase. So this is kind of like the luggage that he has to carry. He him. also is doing something else really creeperish throughout the movie. He's calling her answering machine and checking her uh, <laughs> messages. <laughs> Let's make an agreement not to do that because there might be someone who has good advice. (laughs) And who knows better. (laughs) Who knows better, yeah. It's Stevie. Finish us out with the oldest brother, Owen Wilson. He cracked you up throughout this movie, but what do we find out? What do you think are the most important things we find out about him in this first act? Owen Wilson is really messed up from what he called a car accident or, yeah, pretty much a car accident in the rain, which we find out later not to be true. And also, he um, is, like, extremely motherly to his other brothers. He's constantly telling them, like, what to do and, like, what they're going to eat, what they're going to do the next day, and how he has, like, an itinerary plan for all of them. Uh, I just found that really to be kind of interesting, I'd say, considering that you find out later in the movie they're looking for their mother, actually, so. Now, did you know that he was being motherly the whole movie, or is it until Angela Houston kind of... uh you know she's she runs through that whole like abc list she like has all the same mannerisms as him did it like click into place then or did you always think that is just like a motherly thing i realized it by i was still in the first act when they're getting dinner on the train where it's like this like very um kind of passing line that goes unaddressed between jason schwartzman and adrian Brody brody when he goes did i raise us and they just ignore him and it's really quick (laughs) (laughs) the whole first conversation that whole first conversation is like so chaotic because they're like 
talking over each other and like not paying attention to each other's questions and Jason yeah. Schwartzman trying to get him to read a short story. How <laughs> long is it? <laughs> yeah. You spit in my eye. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. I love that line too because that's the first start of the brothers being dicks to each other and like Adrian Brody immediately comes to his aid and he's like, well, anytime you take your tooth out, say, please forgive this. Please forgive this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can't stand these Germans. Do you think just quick question about those German spat. Do you think they're actually being that loud, or is that like the highness from everything that they just passed around the table kicking in? <laughs> I don't know. I feel like Peter has the headache because he's wearing the prescription glasses all the time, which obviously uh, yeah. Rubby. Aren't, aren't going to be helping that. But no, I don't know. I like their rivalry with the Germans, how it ends with them just throwing rocks at them, basically. Prime <laughs> evil. Before I get too off the subject, though, Stevie... The motherly thing, something I just thought of when you're saying that is, as part of this movie, like Owen Wilson is trying to play the mom and Adrian Brody is trying to play the dad? Um, I guess if you knew more about the relationship that they actually have with their father, it'd be interesting to like actually look at that. Um, yeah, I guess that makes sense. I mean, considering it sounds like their dad was kind of cold and indifferent towards everyone in the family. And that's the way Adrian Brody was for the first half of this movie. So that makes sense. And Jason Schwartzman's just an amalgamation of all the brothers. <laughs> Leave me alone! Me. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think here, besides all the intros to all the players, we also get probably the thesis. And that thesis to me is that these brothers are going to seek to it through their grief using self-medication sex and cultural appropriation uh, <laughs> so that leads us into mm. act two i think mm. brett i heard you getting a little How mad there noise? Yeah. What? darth brett was growling <laughs> darth staunch what's your problem what i just clear my throat that's a throat clear no, Brett. let's just move, let's move on. Brett, how do you feel about the cultural appropriation? <laughs> Definitely <laughs> why I growled. I feel about that like the same thing I feel about unicorns and uh, dragons and stuff. It's, it's all fake, made up BS. So. We'll get back to that later. So <laughs> Act 2 starts with, for me, really the dissension of the brothers. And Brett, you can lead us in here, but I think it all starts with Owen Wilson admitting to them that he had set up a thing with their mom. Yeah, but that's that happens right at the beginning, like this early in the movie. I know he's like uh, setting a scene with Brendan or whatever behind, but uh, yeah, I mean, the brothers aren't happy about it. I'm, I'm guessing they haven't seen her in a few years. And did they bring up the fact that she was at the funeral or is that later? You don't see that until the flashback or what? Sorry, uh, I... I watched this movie uh, the weekend before I thought we were going to pod. So it's been almost two weeks. And you didn't watch it again? No, I don't. I've seen it multiple times. It's just, you know, I'm just going to need a little refresher. Well, if Brett wants to open the curtain behind spoilers back doors, I guess I could admit this uh, this pod may have got delayed a couple weeks. But thanks for to Pappy. You had some in the holster to you put out there, right? We're out of episodes now. We're shooting. <laughs> We're shooting blanks. We've released great content for everybody, though, so they'll be happy enough. Pappy, what? Owen yeah. Wilson tells tells the brothers that 
they're going to see their mom. Can you play us through that scene a little bit? Yeah, I mean, we skipped way ahead, didn't I? We skipped that's, that's kind of what I thought. The thousand yeah. bells and like him banging Rita, but his loaf are getting stolen. What Steak. does what does happen? Yeah, is there the train gets off course somehow? Uh, which is one of the criticisms I read of this movie is that people think you know it's like if this was a western set in a western setting, there's no way a train would get lost. And even like the brothers, like how does a train get lost? And it's kind of like making Indian people look dumb, but. What, Anyway, they had been banished to their cart uh, because of a snake, and they immediately like leave the train and go out to perform this ritual on a hill, and that's when he tells them. And pretty much the the brothers say something to the effect of, like, you know we wouldn't have come uh, if you would have told us. And then they have to go like running back to the train. Stevie, did, did I miss anything there in that part? It's like a big part. No, I think that was about it. I like the feather part. Where he's like, you guys know what you're doing, and all three of them do something different. <laughs> yep. <laughs> like one of them throws it, one of them keeps it, one of them like buries it or whatever. <laughs> one of them lets funny. it blow away to the mountains or <laughs> <Yeah>. something. <laughs> yeah. That's Jason Schwartzman, right? I don't know. Yeah. That's like later when they're kicked off the train. It's like no, it's when the train breaks down. No, it's later. No, it's later. They don't do the ceremony then. Yeah, it's when they're by a campfire. But to be fair, there's like five or six times where Owen Wilson like double deeks the feathers and like puts them back away or like they do half of it and then go back. So <laughs> I get that that's confusing. And just to straighten us out chronological wise, like um, I said act two and, and I wanted to skip us forward to skip some details. But was there anything back there you guys wanted to talk about? There's like a couple secrets that are getting passed around to each brother and they're not supposed to tell anybody that's kind of a catalyst for later um what uh what's his face adrian brody tells schwartzman that his wife's pregnant um does schwartzman tells somebody about his girlfriend or i don't know and then they, he takes their passports that's kind of yeah francis steals yeah, their passport. jason's secret was that he had his gotten a secret ticket for his way back on his own oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> jordan did you want to talk about Sweet Lime Rita? And is this like some move that younger brother Jared would try to pull off? Jeez. <laughs> Yikes. I, I asked you if it was or not. I didn't say it was. I don't know that Jared is the one with the thing for Indian girls, but. No, that's not what I meant. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, he, uh, yeah, Jack leans out the window to smoke a cigarette because they've already been yelled at at least once, I think, for smoking, like, in their cabin. And at the same time, uh, Rita is, who is the lady that I think brought them, what is it? Is it tea? Sweet lime juice. Sweet lime. Lime juice? I don't know. Sweet lime. I don't know what it is. But she's, like, (laughs) one of the stewardesses, I guess, is what he calls her at one point. And she's, like, also leaning out the window (laughs) smoking a cig. And then they quickly go bang in, like, a bathroom. She hates her life. She has to get off this train. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She really does. And Pappy, we skipped over him a little bit earlier, but do you want to fill us in on the Brendan character, what he's all about? Oh, yeah. He's the one, like, sketching their trips, running all the stuff behind the scenes. He has uh, alopecia. He's an alpaca. Yeah, and that's one of the things that like, the brothers are always like constantly like mispronouncing medical terms like sonogram for ultrasound <laughs> and stuff like that. But yeah, they call Is him that albino. Like albino. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, don't talk about it though. He's sensitive. <laughs> that conversation where he tells them 
that it's like a shaved head disease, except he doesn't have to shave his head because <laughs> it's bald in the first so place. Bad. I'll tell Brendan. Okay. He has this disease where his head is shaved, except he doesn't have to shave it because he can't grow any hair in the first place. Don't talk about it around him, though. Might offend him. <laughs> so funny. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Now we can skip to Act 2. So the brothers are all pissed off, and tensions are kind of rising high here. Uh, Stevie, what are some of the little things that are building up before the belt gets thrown? Well, it kind of starts with the belt because, um, you know, they're praying, and Owen Wilson looks down at Adrian Brody's waist, and he's like, is that my belt? He's like, he's like, yeah, I borrowed it. He's like, I borrow it, and he's like, no, not now. You asked for these things, so he takes it from him. And then when they get back on the train, he's like, he goes, "Happy birthday for last year." (laughs) (laughs) Such a ridiculous line, and you know, Owen Wilson's kind of be taking these shots at Adrian Brody, like, "Is this Dad's? You know, those Dad's sunglasses?" Then when they're shaving before dinner, it's, you know, "Is that Dad's razor?" and you know, that's when they really start throwing shots at each other. Adrian Brody's like, you know, Dad told me he was favorite when he was dying, covered in blood. And yeah, and <laughs> oh, what does what does Owen Wilson say to him? That's like really mean, though. He was like, he goes, take those sunglasses off. Dad would have hated it. And that's when <laughs> he's like, I don't want you getting the feeling you were better friends or something weird like yeah. that. <laughs> he goes, I don't know if he'd have said that, but I personally think he would have. And um, that's when Adrian Brody throws that belt at uh, Owen Wilson's face and like really snaps him one. He's bleeding. And that's when the two brothers get in a massive fight. Jordan and another typical Jared move. What does Jason Schwartzman do here? <laughs> Older brothers start fighting. <laughs> I think he shouts, I love you guys, but I'm going to spray you in the face with mace. <laughs> <laughs> and all hell breaks loose from there. Uh, I think they, from there, they like chase him out into the hallway and kind of everyone ends up getting sprayed from there, I want to say is what happens. Pappy, did you have any favorite lines in the fight? It's a pretty classic, one of the best parts of the movie. It's got to be. Yeah, I don't know about if I had any... Uh uh, favorite lines, but the way Jason Schwartzman runs into the glass thing at the end <laughs> with all of the people in there, including the Germans, like partying, is just so hilarious. <laughs> yeah, and they get an awesome like shot there too, with like the glass kind of shattering artistically, and then you got the leg of the guy who is like on the brink of kicking them off once before, and it pans up to see his very angry face. Um, <laughs> I love he also that sh- hates him too because he's like suspecting something's going on. He's got to like, be because even before that, when Jason Schwartzman is like knocking on like her uh, in her room and he comes by, he's like, "What are you doing here? I, you're confined." Mm. And that's like when <laughs> just before. <laughs> but I would be ashamed if we could go th- too much into this pod without talking about the cinematography at all. Brett haven't kicked you in a while, but I mentioned that pan up shot from the shattered glass. Um, from any of the movie, do you have any shots that really stuck out to you? Oh, man. All of them. Oh, I got one. Each and every shot. <laughs> Kick it to Papel, I think. Yeah, sure. 
There's one in the Temple of a Thousand Bells when the brothers are going to pray, and it starts off with like a shot underneath the bell. Then it pans down to like the brothers as they're like walking up to the curtain, and then the curtain opens to reveal the altar, and it's just like it's like a five-second shot, but it's like really well put together. Like it must have taken a lot of work to like stage that, and it's just like super pretty. Like when this movie does show off like the colors of India, it's super cool to look at, and that's one of my favorite shots. I noticed one this time around where it's a pretty wide pan of the city where they're at, like where they're getting the shoe shine and whatnot. And this camera like does that goofy like zoom in thing. And all of a sudden it's probably like a 45 second, 60 second shot. And it goes through each brother like going to different parts of the market. It's a pretty ridiculous long lens they use. Um, Before we kick it back to Brett though, Stevie or Jordan, you got any that you remember? (laughs) Um, just shot the entire movie or like up to this point? Whole movie. Oh, I'm sure I can mention a few at the end, but I don't know why, but this shot always sticks out to me when Jason Schwartzman just gets done having sex with Rita Sweetlime. And he goes back in the room and tells Owen Wilson to scoot over. And it's like this really <laughs> funny shot because like you can see both Owen Wilson's and Jason Schwartzman's face and Adrian Brody like swings down to like to like look at him and he pops his glasses and he's like move over please where are the savory snacks huh did you just fuck that Indian girl what sweetheart of course not I went for a walk Something just happened. Something happened. <laughs> Something happened. <laughs> That's got to be one of my most quoted lines from this movie, too. It's like, did you have sex with Sweet Lime? <laughs> what? I don't know that it's like a fantastic shot, but the uh, one of the times when they do the leaf thing and it shows them all like doing their separate little like dance things or whatever it is <laughs> yeah. and jason schwartzman's like doing this like boogie thing it's really really funny that's one of the couple times when i like laugh actually laughed out loud brett we we've kicked it around <laughs> to everyone four four man weave make it five man weave take it to the house uh i mean best shot of the movie all of the ones we mentioned <laughs> i like i mean i like the scene where they're up on the hill and the trains in the background i like the scene at the end where they're going kind of showing everyone when the the guy's got the snake i mean i know it's not like Mm. cool shots but all the compartments yeah i Mm -hmm. thought that was really cool and i love every time they are running for the train i think that looks amazing every time (laughs) i do i honestly started liking the kinks embarrassingly after watching this the first time me too yeah, the way that this time tomorrow kicks in when they're running for the train. Mm. Well, I remember uh, one time at IU, uh, Josh, you were down there and Jordan and I came to your house and you were playing kink songs. And I put on Lola and you got so pissed and you're like, oh, that was so basic. It was such a... <laughs> Wait, I did or Jordan did? Yeah, you did. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because like, I guess I wasn't playing like Waterloo Sunset or Deep Enough Cuts for you. <laughs> I played Lola. Sorry. 
<laughs> I think this is like the second, and we're going to skip ahead a little bit more, but like the second time they actually outwardly mention the spiritual journey they're on um, is when they're getting kicked off the train. Jason Schwartzman is like, I guess this is where our spiritual journey ends. And I think that's kind of <laughs> ironic because they're just about to start it. And he also has a line where he says, like, they're so defeated because they just beat the hell out of each other. They're kicked off the train in, like, the <laughs> desert. And he, like, turns on some sappy song on his iPod, and he's like... Let's make another agreement. We'll all come back here in the spring when the fire... We're never coming back here. Let's just find an airport and go our separate ways. Wouldn't it sound great if you could hear a train going by off in the distance right now? Not really. Probably be annoying. Wouldn't it be great if you could hear a train going off in the background? <laughs> <laughs> no, it'd actually be quite annoying. Yeah, they're, they're like, it'd be terrible. <laughs> I also thought that line with Brennan after, like, immediately after they get kicked off was hilarious. Where Brennan's like, why are your eyes so red? No, and Wilson goes, why are you so bald? Oh, yeah. <laughs> And he's like, was I was I mean to Brendan? Was I just mean to Brendan? <laughs> he's like, he's not coming back. <laughs> All right, let's kick into the third act. Three A. So this is the upward building, upward movement going towards the climax, and Ooh. Pappy. Yeah, it all kicks off because they're lost and they just start hoofing it, and all of a sudden, Owen Wilson says. Look at these assholes. Look at these assholes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's uh, some local kids trying to cross a river. And this is honestly like my least favorite part of the movie. Uh, it just feels a little bit over the top, but they save, or the kids get swept up in the river. And I, and I do kind of like that it's Adrian Brody's character, the one who's been kind of like wishy-washy about being a father. He's the one who's like, go. And the brothers like spring into action. And he's even kind of like taking leadership like when they're in the water, like you take this one and, and like they're swept away and in and, and kind of a cringy line, he says something like to the effect of, what did he say? Like mine didn't make it, but the little boy that he was trying to save died. And, uh, they what's go cringy about village. that to you? Um, I don't know. And like, I know Brett doesn't believe in cultural appropriation. I don't think that's a problem that people have from this movie. I think it's more, of the othering of people of different cultures. Like there's not really any kind of relationship other than a sexual one. that's like established, not really with like the local people. I know these people are supposed to be assholes, but like it feels a little belittling. I mean like that they're literally like white saviors saving these kids. And that's how they're able to make the turn. Like they could have like befriended someone and had them suddenly die or something like they just need to go to a funeral. It's a weird path to get there. In my opinion, I, I don't know what you guys think. I hope someone else says something. I think Brett is chomping at the freaking bit to say something. I literally was just clearing my throat right there. I guess all I could say is just <laughs> no, just no. Good argument, Brett. Yep. Well, I'll, solid points. I think this is a good time to jump into it because I think this movie uh, actually like shows you exactly what culture appropriation is and that is the first part of the movie where they're just going around to temples and like owen wilson makes a line one time he's like 
He's like, take a peso and put it in front of the deity here. <laughs> like, that's how all our problems are going to be solved. And like, they're praying and they're like, is it working? They're like, oh yeah, it's surely working. And like, but how would you expect three trust fund babies to act? Right. No. That's like their character. That's the whole no, point. And that's, yeah, that's not a problem. And that's why no change happens. And they're proven to be assholes. But then when they actually have a spiritual journey, it's because they stop merely appropriating the culture and they're like absorbing into it. And Pappy, I, th- I would kind of rebut to you because I think this next scene does kind of take a deep dive and shows you a lot of the culture aspects of this. Well, I'm not, I'm not talking about group. the funeral. I'm saying it's a weird path to get to the funeral. That's the part that I'm talking about. Like, that, that, that they have to save these kids and, you know, that Adrian Brody's referring to him as mine. Mine didn't make it. I don't know. I think that's a little weird, but that's what I'm mm-hmm. talking about. Jordan, you got anything to say on this? Um, I hadn't thought about it a ton until it kind of got brought up in the chat. And then I also saw um, Ebert had said that the film uses India in a and not a touristy way, but as a backdrop that is very, very there. And I think there are parts that seem very touristy where they're picking up certain pieces of the culture and like using or interacting with it, but like definitely leaving other parts. And I think it, it does change a little bit of tone later in the movie, but I, I would completely disagree with Ebert that it is touristy. It's using parts and leaving other parts. And I, some of it made me uncomfortable and other parts I was like, ah, I mean, it's just a, what made you uncomfortable? A setting, a setting for a story. I want to know what I mean, made mostly, you uncomfortable. <laughs> really bad. Mostly the parts that Pappy is talking about, like how they're like separate and like just in here visiting, but not actually uh, absorbing into the culture. I guess just like using bits and pieces here and there when it like suits the story. It's not. I don't have a problem with the fact that they're assholes. Like I get, I understand that, and I think yeah. a lot of the jokes yeah. that like derive from that are freaking hilarious. Like Owen Wilson's like, we're in one of the holiest places on earth. Literally, smash cut to they're in the market. The first thing they do is like go buy stuff. Like oh, power attackers. <laughs> That's fucking hilarious. Like I get it. But what I'm saying is like it's weird that for the brothers to make their turn, the story has to sacrifice an Indian kid. And it's really not even that important to the brothers. They're, they're so callous about it. The later they laugh about like the sister's brother who got like mauled by a tiger and eaten. You know what I mean? Like the movie treats the lives of the Indian people, I think kind of a little callously, a little like, I don't know. It could have been a little bit better. I think it depends on how you're trying to read into the movie. If it's, if you like think about this, if it's just based on like the old West, I don't know that we would think about it in that way at all, but because it's set there with these three white dudes adventuring into another country, I think it kind of takes on little, little touches of, I don't know, appropriation, I guess, but, and Stevie mentioned in the thread to read into Stevie mentioned in the thread too, they kind of seem like trust fund babies and that doesn't do them any favors. Does it Stevie? No, but like, I mean, the way they're acting fits their characters, I think. I think it'd be out of left field if all of a sudden, like, when they go to the most holy place on earth, they're like, oh, wow, I've changed. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, this is how they're going to act. Like, and it's pretty easy to tell, especially from the funeral scenes, of like who these people are. Like, they're not good people. <laughs> so, Brett, so uh, how. 
can you deny the existence of culture appropriation when this movie shows you th- the negative parts and exactly like what that is? What? <laughs> you you called a po- you called cultural appropriation a flying spaghetti monster or whatever. But this movie is like educational and tells you exactly what that is. Okay, so I don't believe in cultural appropriation in America, so maybe it's different in India. But you guys aren't criticizing India. You're criticizing Wes Anderson and their storytelling that he's a pro. I, don't, I mean, I think Stevie put it perfectly with, they're just trust fund babies. They don't know how to act. They're Everything they're doing is wrong. I mean, if... But, they're just idiots. If I mean, Pappy, I get what you're saying with the, the thing, the white savior thing, but it's just a story. It's just how he got from point A to point B. I don't think, I just think you're reading into it too much. It's just I, a story. It's, I'm not it's saying just, it's a big problem. I'm just saying like, that's one point that people, that people criticize. I love this movie. I'm not saying it ruins the movie, but like that's one plot point that I don't, I don't get it why it had to be so extreme. And, and, and tonally, I also don't think it fits very well with the rest of the movie. Like I was saying, they're, they're laughing about a person who was mauled by a tiger later. Like, what, what is this movie's stance on life? Are we being silly with it, or does it matter? I don't, I don't know. Adrian Brody seemed pretty affected after that child Def- died. Definitely. Right, and then later he laughs at the person who's killed by a tiger. So it's like... Because they're still, they're still douchey people. I mean... They can change a little bit, but they're still the same people. Didn't they think she was joking or something? I thought that's what it was, and then they realized they were serious. Yeah. I don't know. I wonder if you would rewind that and watch it if Adrian Brody's character actually does laugh along with the rest. I watched it three times. He definitely does. Adrian Brody laughs. That son of a bitch forgets so soon. What do you think, Josh, about getting that that A to B plot point? I mean, you've got somebody else. I don't think Wes Anderson is guilty of cultural appropriation nor do i like i've never said that i've just said that i don't like that one plot point yeah i think the characters are and so like i just like how it kind of shows that but wait what was her exact question what that that, how they how they have to kill a kid to get to the funeral like that's just my that's my Mm -hmm. only complaint well i don't know i'm kind of in between brody didn't want to be a dad i'm kind of in between but i think something big had to happen and i think one of the things it allows us to do to Brett's point is gives Wes Anderson a chance to show that Adrian Brody is maybe like the secret leader and kind of like what you were saying earlier, he's the one to actually say go and like punch the team into action. Um, Isn't the, I mean, don't they make a point to show that you just can't just go to a funeral. It's very sacred and you have to be invited by the dad, which they get invited at the very last moment. So it's not like they could just stumble on a funeral. That's fair. That's true. What, Great point. So I haven't seen, they're getting um, ready. They're getting ready to leave. And they said, we'd like you to stay for the funeral. So I haven't seen the, uh, Isle of dogs. Is that what his like newer movie is called? Yeah. 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 People have, people have accused that of some, I think Some that's so. Stuff. I think that is, is so that... wrong. I think he. Sh- I mean, I, I get Pappy's thing, which I feel like they took out because I've never seen what Pappy was talking about with the mushroom cloud. But I thought he showed like a tremendous amount of respect for the Japanese culture personally. Okay. I mean, half the I, movies like in Japanese. I said, I seen it. Wait, there wasn't a mushroom cloud when you watched it. I I've seen it three times and I have not seen that. I watched it like opening night, and that's like the only I thing I remember. It didn't really bother me that. Like I said, I don't really have a problem with his movies at all. I love his movies. And, and I actually, truth be told, 
I told Stevie I was going to play devil's advocate and like stir things up on the pod and accuse Josh of being <laughs> racist. But uh. <laughs> you did make the point. If this movie came out in 2019, people would be having a field day with it on Twitter. Unfortunately, which is people true. Bar- unfortunately, people buried Isle of Dogs, and I think a little unfairly, and like just threw around the term cultural appropriation, which I think, to Brett's point. Can, it somehow lost its meaning because people just throw it around so liberally and it, I don't think it really applied to that movie but you know whatever I just think it's obvious he did tons of research and I think he just showed yeah I think he used the Jap- Japanese as a backdrop but I think he I think everything was so spot on with the drums and the language and I just thought that movie was awesome and I don't know if it's quite as good in this movie but you know it's what 10 years later I don't, I don't know when Darjeeling came out 2007 2007. So, 11 years later, I mean, he's obviously improved or whatever. So, it's also just a different storyline. Didn't Wes Anderson spend a ton of time in India for this movie? Mm-hmm. Like, wasn't he here for like a year? Wasn't he there for like a year and a half to two years just researching? I don't know. I don't know if it was that long. I know he went with like his co-writers, and they went like the Coppola guy and the other guy. They tried to like recreate the movie. I think they traveled by train and stuff to like get mm-hmm. into the characters. Jeez, don't ruin trivia. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, let me get us back into Darjeeling Limited plot. So way earlier in the story, one of my favorite moments is where Owen Wilson is describing his accident and what messed up his face to his brothers. And the reason I like it is he starts out by saying, like, you know, I don't remember much, and this is only what I've been able to recreate, but he goes to <laughs> explain it in fantastic detail. Do you have any questions? I do. Okay, go ahead. What happened to your face? I only remember certain details, but from what I've been able to reconstruct, it was raining. I was going about 50 miles an hour as I went into a corner, did some wrong steering, wheels went out for me, I suddenly get it off the road, slammed into a ditch, and got catapulted 50 feet through the air. There were little particles of glass and debris were stinging my face as I flew. And for a second, there was just total silence. Just then, bam, bike crashed to the ground, exploded and caught on fire, and I smashed in the side of a hill with my face. I was driving home. I live alone right now. Anyway, two joggers ran up and started digging out all the dirt that was jammed inside my mouth and my nose and my ears. My brain had stopped, my heart had stopped, so technically I was dead at this point. They did all the procedures exactly right as a result of which I'm still alive. Boy, wow. First thing I thought of when I woke up was I wish Peter and Jack were here. But (laughs) anyway... I think that was important because, like, the brothers kind of needed a reason to be together, like, said. And so, like, kind of his injuries almost, like, brought them together there. And they're headed out towards the airport. Um, Owen Wilson actually kind of brings them together again. And Pappy, he takes off his Band-Aids. Yeah, and he still needs to heal. (laughs) (laughs) Do you guys like... You know, with, like, the luggage, the baggage they're carrying, and with, like, lines like that, and when talking almost like in, like, breaking the fourth wall about the spiritual journey, do you like that stuff Wes Anderson is doing in this film? Yeah. I like the baggage thing a lot. I mean, I don't know about the spiritual journey as much, but I think that's, I mean, it's kind of, 
I don't think you have to dive too deep into it, but I just think it's pretty cool. I don't know. Stevie, didn't you write a paper about this at some point? Yeah, when I was in college, I wrote a six-page paper about this movie, about how, like, these men are, like, they have a, like, I mean, they're really, they have a central need for women in their lives in different ways, Um, especially with, like, Adrian Brody has a, you know, has a wife, has a child running away from his wife, you know, uh, Jason Schwartzman, you know, doesn't have that at all. Doesn't have anything stable, and he's constantly trying to run away from his brothers to get to that woman, Natalie Portman. You know, and then um, Owen Wilson, Francis, has been playing like mother his whole life, but he's still seeking out his mom. You well, know, and how like one throwaway line where he's like, "I live alone now." By the way, yeah, but you don't yeah. really get much clue into his romantic, yeah, past. Yeah, so I mean, it's just. I don't. I feel like that's a lot of Wes Anderson films too. I feel like um, women are the central core to like pretty much all of his stories. So I don't know. It's just another example of that. I like I like the metaphors. I, I think maybe the, the the bandages are that's cool with me. I think maybe the last shot of them dropping the baggage is a little bit on the nose, but I like it <laughs> yeah. overall. Like it's that's it's, true. That's yeah. true. It's it's obvious, but it's okay. I don't mind. It's a well-made film, so. But uh, did you mean to skip over the flashback scene? Because I think, are we going to come back to that later? Because that's like one of my favorite parts of the movie. Yeah, definitely. Oh, we can get into it. Just one thing I want to say really quick about that whole on the noseness that he does. I, I think I like it because it's kind of him saying, a lot of his critics call him like too highbrow or stuffy or artsy, and I think he likes doing that lowbrow stuff just to be like. I'm just having fun here or something. I don't know. I found it to be really funny and fun. But anyway, I was just talking about Adrian Brody taking the lead. And I think in the flashback, we see that a lot too. Right, Pat? Oh yeah. It's, it's like one of my favorite shots of the or scenes of the whole movie. And like you were talking about the cinematography, like the cinematography in this part is like way more fast paced. Like the, the, the shots themselves are a lot shorter, but there's also a lot more like whip pans around like in the conversation, like it's freaking hilarious, but it also like every time I watch it, it makes me like a little bit like anxious too. I don't know if anybody else feels that way, but. Well, I think that's awesome that it makes you feel that way because they're late to their father's funeral, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, no, and the tension's just rising, and Adrian Brody is just, like, kind of having a meltdown. <laughs> it's pretty hilarious to watch. Jordan, middle brother, are you the secret <laughs> mi- secret leader of the Long Brothers, and what do you think of Adrian Brody, like, really taking over here? I mean, I wouldn't presume to be the leader, but, yeah, um, I am. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, actually, the scene in a weird way like made me kind of sad because they are late and they are like obviously grieving pretty hard but they're like everything's misplaced and they can't like come to terms with what they're actually trying to deal with and stuff and so they're trying to like jump start this Porsche to get it out of the garage and they realize like oh shit we can't do that before they run <laughs> back and so it is it is really funny but it's also like weirdly sad in a way too speaking like thematically too like we just were like they find Literally the biggest piece of luggage in whatever kind of car <laughs> that is. And, yes. and Jason Swartzman's like, I'm taking this one. But it's like, you know, 
like their father's funeral is the biggest piece of baggage that they're carrying around uh, with them. Ooh, I get it. You get it? Like the rat and the party. Get it? Yeah. <laughs> Subtle. So, not to be nerdy, but I think we move into uh, Act 3.B here as uh, they do get to the nunnery and they meet with their mom. Um, I know I'm skipping over stuff, Brett. I don't want to get too granular, but they... Ah, there's a really cool scene, though. They're at the airport and, like, you don't actually get to hear what they're saying because the engine's so loud. But, again, Adrian Brody is the one to actually tear up the tickets. So the ki- brothers aren't going to leave India. They're going to go find their mom, even if she doesn't want to see them. Um, what did you guys think of Angela Houston's Houston's performance here? Ange- Angelica? Ange- what did I say? You said Angela twice. Uh, I knew what you meant. So what do you think of her performance, Brett? I like, I like her. I like her. Um, I like Angel Houston in this movie. Uh, she's Angie. I mean, I, I like her. She's kind of like a free spirit, I guess. I don't know how what she was like before. I don't know if she was cold and distant or whatever. I don't know how the relationship was, um, but she's kind of a lot more free. So maybe this this move was the best for her, but she seems to love her kids. She just doesn't want the responsibility of being in their life. I mean, I she's harder for me to read. I mean, what do you guys think about that? I mean, she's like it makes so much sense that she's their mother after yeah, you that's meet true. her. Like even down to like when she orders breakfast for them, like mm-hmm. <laughs> like oh, that's where he got that. Well, I got to say that one of the lasting parts that I remember of this movie is where she flicks off the lights and she's like, maybe we can convey our emotions better without words. And I was like, that's weird and sexual. And then the next scene is her like super close up sexy eyes face looking at her sons. I've that's probably my least favorite part of this movie. Hmm. Why was that noise? No, I was saying because it Uh was interesting, and then I noticed my smoke alarm is laying on the ground, and it's busted, and it's still blinking. So it's kind of a double. hmm. (laughs) I guess what you think of Angie Houston? You haven't talked in like twenty minutes. It hasn't been twenty minutes. (laughs) No side watching. Spoiler I'm just following brother. her lead, man. Just, you know, let, let's express ourselves through listening through the audio. No, anyway. That's great podcasting. Um, <laughs> I know. Fantastic podcasting. without words. Um, <laughs> A whole episode where we just don't talk. If it weren't for Mick Jagger singing in the background of this scene, I would hate it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, like... I guess I understand what Wes Anderson was doing. It's like everything. I mean, you could only imagine everything they were saying. Like they would say to their mother, who's pretty much abandoned them for most of their lives, why Owen Wilson is the way that he is. Um, but I don't know. I guess it could have gone a different route. Just, I guess it's just being subtle by saying, you know, you can picture what they would be saying. But they're just going to be staring at each other anyway. 
did you get the feeling she had abandoned them for most of their lives? Because I know he tries to like be the one that raised them or whatever, but they make a point to say that she didn't go to the funeral, which mm-hmm. made me think that she was in their lives before that. Like, why would they expect her to go if she wasn't around? I think she was just in so. and out, and I think okay. it had like a profound effect on um, Peter and Jack, and that's why and like may- Fran- and maybe that's why missing yeah. the dad is such a huge deal. Yeah. I know it's just on Wikipedia, but they they haven't seen each other a year, and then on Wikipedia it says they haven't seen their mother for years. So I'm wondering mm-hmm. where she was before the funeral. I just I'm yeah. with Stevie. I think she was probably in and out, or and when she was there, she was probably distant and interested in other stuff. I mean, who knows what Allison Houston was really thinking the whole time? But yo, <laughs> <laughs> I think she's almost like Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey's character from Liar Liar like she has to be so like everything that's happening in front of her she has to be so engaged with and so like upfront and honest with and I think that's probably why she like ended up like helping these poor people in India in the first place and it's why maybe like being with her sons and at a funeral is like too intense for her and she like says to be continued, and she shuts the doors, but she just freaking leaves, doesn't she, Pat? <laughs> she goes out the back yeah. door. <laughs> She's so immature too, because like the only reason she gives for not attending is I didn't want to. Like that's so lame. You know what I mean? Like it's lame, but you get the feeling that's the exact truth. And no, she has yeah. nothing better to say. And that's like all of these people just like have basically gotten and done whatever they've wanted their whole lives. You know what I mean? Like, I think there's one point where, yeah. what does Owen Wilson say? He's like, uh, that's not done. <laughs> or something like, like, he's being disrespected or something. I forget what it is, but it's it's hilarious. Like, they're just not used to taking any any shit from anybody. How rich are these guys? They got, like, $6,000 belts, $3,000 loafers. Millions. It's the only thing I can think of this entire movie, especially yeah. with all that luggage. And there's some scenes, too, where, like, the brothers are like riding free on this little moped all together. And then following up is like this truck with like three more dudes <laughs> with a big truck of luggage <laughs> following along. I love the guys who were taking their luggage around everywhere they went. But I think the biggest thing to show how rich they are is uh, Jason Schwartzman is staying in that gotta be probably a, I don't know, $3,000 a night hotel for a year. I mean, that's super, super expensive hotel in France, so mm-hmm. that's so much money. I I don't know. But he's also like a writer too, right? Like doesn't he try to give a, a copy of his book to his dad? It's like published and everything. They find it didn't in the he, car. Yeah, didn't he dedicate it to him or? Something like yeah, that. Yeah, he never yeah. read it. Did didn't he, did read he it in it? time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So... I mean, they get their breakfast that their mom promised them, but is there anything else of consequence like said here before they head out? I mean, I don't think so. Pretty much head out. Why do you out. think the underlying reason was that Angel? Uh, now I don't even know what her name is. Why Andromeda? There you go. Miss Houston was um, so distant from her sons. Josh, you think there's like an underlying reason why? Yeah, I gave my answer that I just think she's too uh, 
like reality is just like too much for her at all times and she's too upfront and honest. So I think it's just overwhelming and it's easier for her to be elsewhere. Even being on a mountainside in the desert as a nun is less intense than being around her three asshole sons. (laughs) (laughs) I think she just couldn't deal with the fact that she produced all three of those noses. Jeez. Hey now, hey now. (laughs) Brett has entered the podcast. I thought she was just like a hippie. That's kind of what I thought, like a free... Fair enough. She could also have been like an alcoholic... uh, That's how I... I picture her as like a booze bag, like pill popping. Like that's kind of where the boys get it from too. And now she's like trying to like be all nunny to like make up for it. That could be the case too. I I like the way she signs off her letter to the boys. She's like, in the Mother Virgin's name, we pray for your mercy or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Goodbye. Gets very bureaucratic there at the end of that note, but... The guys, I I feel like it's a really, I don't know, it's pretty sad moment, but they seem to take it okay. They mm-hmm. eat their little breakfast, and I feel like they're kind of happy. Uh, this happens earlier, but I think it he could have easily said it at this time. But Owen Wilson gets on a bus, and some old Indian guy is like, why are you here, son? And he's like, well, we were supposed to go on a spiritual journey, but that didn't work out as planned. <laughs> so I think that's that's about it. They're in a new kind of bizarro Darjeeling Limited train on their way back, presumably. Is there anything else in this last little stanza you guys have to talk about? The Bengal Lancer. <laughs> well, they dropped the bags. Is that yeah. even important when they drop their baggage? Or I don't think so. I'm just they're finally free. <laughs> oh, it's a metaphor. Yeah, they're finally free of all the baggage <laughs> they've been carrying around this whole movie. Even though it's so obvious it's a metaphor, I couldn't help but like smile when they smile and just start dropping it. And even further, if you actually like watch the footage, they like run all the way up to the train, then toss the baggage on purpose then jump on they could have easily just gotten on the plane with the bag especially some of the smaller packages uh, i love it just taking joy and tossing baggages around but do we have um, any kind of indication of where they're off to next isn't uh jack on his way to italy or something he said he would not be going to italy yeah. oh yeah yeah he changed yeah they're name. all gonna go somewhere together because uh he tries to give them their passports back and they say why don't you hold on to those? All of his characters are fictional. Hopefully they all go back. <laughs> this is my personal canon. They all go back and hang out with Adrian, Adrian Brody for the last couple of months of his wife's pregnancy and the newborn son. Aww. And they have drinks. The pottery business takes off. Yeah, even though they're hideous little <laughs> <like> pots. <laughs> <laughs> we sent you one in the mail. Oh, yeah. I'll order, <laughs> yeah, order some more. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. 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 I think that's it. Did anyone have any lingering things they wanted to get off their chest here? What's the point of Bill Murray in this movie besides bonus TV question? Josh, is one of your theories that it's their dad? I have this in my notes, actually. Stevie question. Stevie brought it up with his precognizant mind, but Stevie, what is Bill Murray in the movie for? Just so, West, just so Bill Murray could say he was in this movie? Wes is like, you doing anything? <laughs> no. 
Wanna come run around? <laughs> sure. <laughs> I don't think there's some overlying theme of him being there. Pappy, what were you saying about him being the dad? No, I asked if that was your theory. You're the one who has theories. No, no it sounds like you have a theory. I don't. He was all. Bruce Willis the whole time? I wish. That'd be something cool. But no, I, I have not I have a weird theory that's not true at all, but it's just something that popped in my head. Go for it. Maybe, like, uh, the mom was super distant and didn't like the husband because she was having an affair, and he found out where she was, and he's on the Darjeeling Limited to go see her and try to get her to come back. That's why they look so different. She was just sleeping around. Mmm. But she, Bill Murray's going to get her, try to get her back to society because he loves her. Mm. And he might have fathered one of the kids. Oh, whoa. This time tomorrow. <laughs> I, okay, so I oh, thought man. it could have been, I thought maybe he's just like symbolic of who their dad was. Like if their dad had been doing this trip solo, what he would have been like. I think that's like a really obvious kind of answer. Um, I think it's also interesting to think about him being like future Owen Wilson coming back to like re-experience the trip by himself too. But <laughs> I, honestly, I think Brett's theory is freaking spot on. That actually makes sense like within the timeline of the movie. And Bill Murray doesn't have to be like a ghost from a parallel dimension <laughs> to make it work. <laughs> okay, so Brett answered that CV question. I have one more CV question for you too. When they are, sorry to go flashback, but... In the flashback, it starts off with Adrian Brody looking like super sad and mad at Owen Wilson saying, I can't believe you just said that. Any ideas what Owen Wilson may have said? (laughs) I imagine Adrian Brody was probably wearing one of his dad's jackets and he said something. <laughs> oh yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty good. good. I imagine it's like, are you really wearing dad's jacket at a time like this? And I imagine like that's where it starts. That's good. <laughs> Maybe yeah, he threw something at his face. <laughs> that's great. Are those dad's shoes? Take those shoes off right now. <laughs> Let's travel as though we were on the Darjeeling Limited from west to east and get yes or no's from every spoiler brother uh yeah this is a yes for pappy in denver i hope we'd be friends if we weren't just podcasters too Um, (laughs) in real life some type of primordial level maybe i was i was like i said earlier i was kind of playing devil's advocate i feel bad kind of for wes anderson actually i think that i don't think that his movies are coming from any place of malice and like I, th- I think I Love Dogs was treated unfairly. Um, I really, really like this movie. I, like I said, I watched it like three times for this podcast. It's really short, actually, so it's like kind of an easy watch, too. Just fun to mm-hmm. have on. Um, really funny, uh, really great, not likable characters that are done really well. And, and yeah, it's just a, a good movie. I don't know if it's his best movie, but it's a really, really good movie in his catalog. Stevie. Okay, um, I absolutely love this movie. Uh, this is my favorite Wes Anderson movie, even though I don't think it's his best. It's still my favorite. Um, I just love the dialogue between the brothers and the way certain tracking shots happen throughout the movie. It's really cool to watch. And also, the beginning of this movie really kicks ass with Adrian Brody 
running to the kinks, like onto the Darjeeling Limited. So hard, hard yes. Love this movie. Brett. Uh, yeah, I, I've i never seen anything by Wes Anderson that I didn't love. Um, it's definitely not one of my favorites by him, but I, I love them all. Kind of like to touch on what Pappy said. Like, I do feel bad for him, too, because I, I honestly think Wes Anderson is like a super genius, and I think he's trying to just make really unique and cool things that you haven't seen before, and mm-hmm. he kind of gets crapped on for it. I mean, like, he's very unique, and he does a lot of weird stuff, kind of like Tim Burton. The only difference is his movies don't suck. So Thank you. Whoa. Um, Damn. No, Tim Burton sucks. I'm sorry. Um, I, yes. this, I, I love this movie. Uh, it's great. Thanks, Brett. I thought I was alone for so long. Oh, no. I, I do not like him at all. <laughs> Neither do I. One yeah, and a half. Two movies. Brett, finally. Let's pick Two up. movies that I like maybe of his. That's it. I'll go next. Um, I, I think this is my favorite Wes Anderson movie, and that's saying a lot for me. Um, before this watch, I just always attribute it to the fact that I was one of three brothers and in some ways I see myself in Owen Wilson but in other ways like just the dynamics of three people whether in a group whether they're brothers or not this just like speaks a lot to I love all the little power dynamics that happen but I think honestly the real reason this is my favorite Wes Anderson is because I feel like it's really a straight comedy like 99% just straight comedy and especially during the first two-thirds of it that's true and it just makes me laugh all throughout it i was like watching this for a pod so like to study it kind of but i couldn't help but just like giggle all the way through and this is low on a lot of people's wes anderson's list but i'm proud to say it's it's number one on mine huge yes and one of those three brothers Jordan, you give so many no's. I'm so nervous. He's going to give it a no. <laughs> uh, so, honestly, I had a lot more fun talking about this movie with you guys than I had watching the movie itself. Here it comes. Oh, no. And I, yeah, it's, I, I have to give it a no. Oh, my yes, God. Yes, Jordan. Yes, Jordan. Hashtag revenge for Rango. <laughs> <laughs> It's really not revenge. Honestly, like the movie ended and I was watching it with Gearson and I was like, it just didn't really do much for me. It didn't like really move the needle. And I, I don't think it's bad. It's just kind of meh for me. Uh, what needle? You are now. Some, some funny parts. <laughs> and I think that the cinematography is very good. But for a lot of the movie, I was kind of like, take it or leave it. Um, maybe not a lot. Maybe 50%. But still, it's, it's a no for me, Josh. Love it. Thank you. And just so other people listening to this pod know, Jordan actually loves this movie. He's just playing a part on the pod. So, <laughs> are you guys ready to get into trivia? You ready for some yeah. trivia? <laughs> yep. Um, Pappy, do you have an order? Uh, I was most recent. Then I think Brett, then Stevie, then Jordan. Okay, so that will be Wait, no, the no. order. Stevie, are no, you I'm last. Recent? Yeah, Rango before. <laughs> Yeah, Rango was only. What was your so last Pappy, movie, Stevie? Pappy, Brett, like a long Treasure time Planet. Ago, Treasure, Planet? Treasure yeah. Planet, yeah. Me, Brett, Jordan, Stevie. Pat, Brett, Jordan, Stevie. Okay, so we are going to do closest to, but you just have to be 
not the furthest away to get to the next round. So, Ooh, farthest from. Yeah. So no, no, no. You want to be closest Wait, to it. You want to be closest oh, to it. Right. Furthest yeah. from. The, fur- the furthest away is out for the next round. Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, Pappy, you're gonna have a pretty bad disadvantage because you're gonna have to keep going first. That's okay. That's the way it should be. I feel like so. I'm good. Um, the <laughs> first question is, what year does the history of Darjeeling tea date back to? That would be uh, 1598. I have no freaking idea. Uh, 1597. (laughs) What? Jordan? I don't know if that's a good strategy or not. I know, I'm so nervous. (laughs) Um, I'm going to say like 1340. Holy shit, boys. <laughs> so I, I can go in the middle and I'm good, right? Yeah, you're safe, yeah. I'm pretty much safe, too. What an advantage. Oh, that's real nice. Um, Hang on the edge. Hang on the edge. Living on the edge. <laughs> uh, uh, 1550. Pappy, or I mean, Stevie, I hate the way you're playing this game, but... You did well. You are safe. Ruse is ruse. Jordan, you and your bullshit no are out of this game. It dates back to 1835. Really? Get your rank no ass out of here. What was it, Josh? 1835. Uh, Okay. I was closest. Yeah, nice. We were all way, way off. Okay. Next question. And, Pappy, you're still first. Yeah, one point. How many acting, according to IMDb, how many acting credits does Adrian Brody have? Oof. Um, that would be twenty-eight. Brett, twenty-nine. Oh, that sucks, Stevie. <laughs> Who do you like more, Pappy or Brett? <laughs> we all twenty-seven. Well, now I'm kind of boxed. I could lose, can't I? You could. Yeah, you don't have Jordan uh, padding you right now. Mm. Well, I got it exactly right, so I don't know what's going to happen in the case of this tie. <laughs> oh, I. What Brett say? Twenty nine. Psychological I think? warfare. All right, uh, <laughs> let's go um, thirty five. Interesting, but he has. 65 acting credits. Damn! That's kind of what I thought. Final question, and I saved by far my favorite question. So it's me and Stevie, right? Yes. Brett, you're first. And Owen... I'm so proud of this question. Good for Um, Steve. Oh, I like that. (laughs) (laughs) Jordan, can, can you do the train, please, Jordan? Steve, is that a cat doing now the good, bad, and the ugly? Oh, yeah. That was good, but it sounded like a cat. Oh, yeah. So I was going to say the final question is, how many times in Owen Wilson's acting career has he said, wow? Oh, man, there's YouTube videos like crazy of this. Oh, man. Um <laughs> 20 
20? Well, I just said to be dude. closest, right? Yeah, closest too. And the title 20, is yours. 21. What's your actual guess, if you could guess for real, Stevie? Oh, if I could guess. So he definitely uh, won. He definitely won then. If I could guess, I'd say 478. <laughs> <laughs> well, you won because you did not say that, but it was 102 times. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. If I can I figured find it, might have been. I figured it might have been an exaggeration, but yeah, it was way off. Congrats, Stevie! Quick Finally, Steve. I'm back. Quick Stevie question: Why does he say "wow" so much? Oh wow! <laughs> Black oh, wow. Cauldron. Wow! Wow! Okay, Spoiler Man, tell everyone where they can find us online and such. And Stevie's gonna think of a movie. Twitter. He's gonna think of it. He's gonna pick Atlantis or Brother Bear. Spoiler Man here. Our email is podcastspoilers at gmail.com. Twitter is at spoilers underscore pod. Our Instagram is podcastspoilers. It's lit. Josh Hensley from the Rutabaga wrote our theme song. Our spoilers hotline is 903-776-4507. That's 903-SPOIL-07. Please support this podcast by leaving us an iTunes review. To do this, one, search for movie spoilers. Two, click on our orange spoilers bowl logo and scroll all the way to the bottom. Three, leave us some stars and some words. Now you can check us out on Spotify, YouTube, Stitcher, Apple, and Google Podcasts. If you enjoyed what you heard today, subscribe on SoundCloud or iTunes. And we're back uh, to spoilers. Thanks, Spoiler Man. Um, Stevie, we had to stop you a couple times from ruining the, the surprise. But what is the movie of choice for next week? This is a movie that is about a, a sp- <laughs> this is a movie about a sport that no one gives a damn about, which is high school wrestling in the '80s, and it stars Matthew Modine. We are watching Vision Quest. What? I've been dying to do this movie forever. What was going to be your sports movie? That is a sports movie, Brett. Yeah, but what was going to be your sports movie? That was it. So what was your 80s movie? They were the same movie, guys. No, or it was going to be Kroll. Oh, Kroll, yes. Kroll. I love that movie when I was a kid. So we're going Vision Quest. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) Liam Neeson's in that movie. Well, if you are still with us here at the very end of spoilers, we really appreciate it. And thank you for listening. Um, yeah, can't wait for Vision Quest. Is that what it's called? Is, is it's that about what you said? An, eye, an eye doctor. Yeah, what? it's about an eye doctor that wrestles to get his family back. It's kind of like over the top of wrestling. I love over the top, too. Meet me halfway. Da-na-na. See, Brett, sometimes you just have to pick bad movies. Yeah, I was gonna pick like a really bad movie, but like, but it's super high rated. <laughs> and with that cool. vague comment, that was spoilers. Je <laughs> J'avais envie de dire bonjour à n'importe qui 
N'importe qui, ce fut toi Je t'ai dit n'importe quoi Il suffisait de te parler Pour t'apprivoiser Aux Champs-Élysées Aux Champs-Élysées I'm so nervous Do you guys want sports or bad 80s? <laughs> they both sound. They both sound both awesome. Great movie category. Category is so weird. <laughs> bad 80s. 80s. Okay, sports. we're gonna go with don't the say, bad sports say, 80s movie. Whoa! <laughs> I say sports as well. <laughs> we're gonna go with a Wait, bad no. sports movie <laughs> in the 80s. I have to kick what? it back. What? And we're back uh, to spoilers. Thanks, spoiler man. Um, Stevie, we had to stop you a couple times from ruining the surprise. <laughs> what is the movie of choice? 